Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. That name is a name that heals our bodies. That name is a name that cleanses us from sin. That name is a name that delivered us from the powers of darkness. That name is above all names. That name has been chosen by God that every knee should bow in heaven and in earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Curios, to God the Father. That's the name that's above all name. Have you ever stopped to ponder the meaning or rather meanings of God's name? Is there one name that stands out to you? Everyone has an aspect of God that has touched them deeply and impacted their life in a way no human being ever could. While Pastor Ed speaks today on not taking God's name in vain, he joins us in celebrating the power and majesty attached to that name and the mercy and beauty that radiate from him. Reasons enough to worship God continually. Now, here's Pastor Ed in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 7, with his continuing study entitled, The Third Commandment. The quote that I have says, When people use God's name in swearing, it's a symptom of their unbelief. It expresses they have turned their backs on God. It's an indication that they don't really know the Lord. It's a revelation of what's inside. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 34, and then in chapter 15, verse 18, it says, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. A person, as they begin to talk and speak and use God's name in a flippant way, in a vain and empty way, they are impacting themselves. They are spiritually destroying themselves. Howard Stern, years ago in the late 90s, when he was in contract with CBS uh, to go on TV, said this. He said, TV is ready for someone like me. Standards have come to an all-time low, and I'm here to represent the change. No, I guess he was. It's changed dramatically. What's on television, what's on radio, what's on cable, a flood of ungodliness is just sweeping over the land. And God's called us to swim upstream and not to go with the flow of culture. He's called us to be different. What happens as we begin to devalue God, we will devalue men. As we begin to exclude God, it will impact our relationship with one another. The commandments begin with God because our relationship is based on God. And if we have a right relationship with God, it impacts our relationship with one another. It's so intricately tied together. In Leviticus, God speaks to the people of Israel and says this, Say to the Israelites, If anyone curses his God, he will be held responsible. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord must be put to death. You can see how God feels about those who take his name in vain. Now, that's especially in reference to somebody who, not just casually, even though that's wrong and a person will be judged for that, but someone who has a vindictive attitude towards God. They want to discredit him. They want to dishonor him. 
They want to just ridicule him. The idea is that we need to reverence God in a society that doesn't reverence God and we need to guide and guard our speech even though our culture has become profane. Our culture has bought into the idea that God is insignificant. I think about many people are uninformed and that's, the way they, and that's why they speak the way they do. Filled with profanity, filled with, in a sense, ridiculing God and using God's name in a wrong way. It's like making a statement. Sometimes a young person, the first time maybe they take a cigarette, they want to say, I'm standing out, I'm making a statement, I'm doing something different. And so, foolishly, they want to make a statement, we're standing out, we're doing something different. No, no, no. God takes that very seriously. We have to inform now, that doesn't mean we go and correct everybody, but we need to be careful in our speech and how we live and walk and how we speak. The uncontrolled. Some don't know how to control their anger. They just burst out with all sorts of profanity and using God's name in vain. In Ephesians 5, 4, it says this. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Some people are just simply unholy. Simply unholy. They have a carnal nature and they misuse and abuse God's name. Then there are those who are unsaved. Maybe they wear a symbol of a cross. And you wonder, well, maybe they're a Christian. They know what that cross means. But then their speech betrays them. Listen to what Psalm 109, 17 to 18 says. He loved to curse, let curses come upon him. He did not delight in blessings, let it be far from him. They clothe themselves with cursing as his coat. May it soak into his body like water, like oil into his bones. What is happening in our culture is we are becoming a profane society. And God is sort of moving out. As a young boy, if I said the wrong thing or used the wrong words, I remember a number of times having my mouth washed out with soap. Maybe some of you remember that too. <laughs> I think our souls need to be washed out with spiritual soap. That our lips need to be purged, even like Isaiah chapter 6 describes, where the prophet had the hot coal placed on his lips. We need to have pure thoughts and clean words and clean hearts. Now, this text refers also to oath-taking. In our general conversation, we need to be honest, James says. We need to, our yes needs to be yes, Jesus said. Our our no needs to be no. Uh, But there are places in our society for oaths. In Zechariah, 5.4, 5.4, it says this, and this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. I'm sending this curse into the house of every thief and into the house of everyone who swears falsely using my name. My curse will remain in that house and completely destroy it, even its timbers and stones. In Leviticus 19.12, it says, Do not swear falsely by my name and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. What are we going to do in a society 
that believe in God and is no longer trusting and believing in God. Our judicial system is built on the commandments of God. And so we go into a court and we swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. We have oaths when people take office. But if there is no God, if they don't believe in a day of accountability, if the fear of God is not in a culture, those oaths will mean nothing. They will simply lie and deceive and be deceived. Our culture is quickly moving further and further from its divine foundations. And as we do that, there will be more and more trouble and chaos. And more and more will become a nation of liars. In Jeremiah 5, 2, it says this, But even when they are under oath saying, As surely as the Lord lives, they are still telling lies. Our words, if we're going to honor God's name, we want to honor it in our conversation, how we mention his name, what we say about him. If we're going to honor his name, we're going to be honest. But also our works. Not only our words, but our works. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord your God will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Our lifestyle demonstrates if we know Christ or if we don't know Christ. There should be a continual reverence for God. We should reverence God's name continually. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so whether you eat or drink or whether you do whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. When we give glory to God, we're recognizing his greatness. Glory means weight being heavy. See, God's a heavyweight. But when you misuse his name and you don't live worthy of that name, you're making him out to be a lightweight. You're taking and misusing his name. And we can do that by our lifestyle. Remember growing up, sometimes your parents would say to you, remember who you are. Don't act like that. Remember your name. Well, we received our name at a city called Antioch. We were first called Christians there. We are to be like Christ in everything we do, in everything we say, in our attitudes, in our actions, in how we live out our lives. Sometimes I think the world looks at us and they say, we can't hear what you're saying because your actions are speaking way too loud. Do our actions contradict our testimony of faith? Do our actions contradict what we profess we believe? God calls us to be Christ-like in all of life. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, when you pray, you pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lord, help me to reverence that name that's above every name. Help me to treat it with respect. Help me not to be disrespectful in the way I live. We 
must represent that name honorably. Represent God's name honorably. In 1 Samuel 2.30, it reads, Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, I promise that your family and the family of your ancestors should go in and out before me forever. But now, declares the Lord, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be treated with contempt. Eli, the high priest, had preferred his sons above God. They were living in sin, and all of Israel was turning away from God. And Eli refused to discipline his sons. And because of that, faith in Israel waned. And God sent a prophet to rebuke Eli. And God said, those that honor me, I will honor. But those that treat me lightly, who don't recognize my name and misuse it, I will judge. Remember David, when he sinned with Bathsheba and then killed Bathsheba's husband, Uriah the priest? Remember the text of Scripture? In 2 Samuel 2.14 it says this, But because by doing this you have made the enemies of the Lord to show utter contempt. What happened? was he brought contempt on the name of God, dishonor on the name of God because of his sin. In the late 80s, I could still remember driving back from Florida, hearing about the fall of Jim Baker, and then hearing about what happened with Jimmy Swaggart, and then hearing about what happened with Marvin Gorman, and it hit the newspapers, and the late night television shows the late night stand-up comedies, they just mocked Christianity and God's name was dishonored. See, God wants us to honor his name and to never allow it to be disrespected, to treat his name with reverence by the way we live our lives. We should be good PR for God. Paul the Apostle said in 2 Timothy 2.19, Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm. Sealed with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. God calls us not to be carnal, not to be worldly, not to this respect his name by the way we live, by the way we act, by the way we speak. Everything should bring him honor and glory. Our works should glorify God. I want to read to you the words from the Heidelberg Catechism. We must use God's holy name with respect and reverence to the end that he may be rightly confessed and worshiped by us and be glorified in all our words and works. There's the outline for my sermon. Our words, our works, our worship. All of that must bring glory to God. Must not discredit his name. He said, the first commandment is don't worship any other God. The second commandment, this is how you are to worship the one true God. Don't make up a God with your own heart or mind or hands. Worship Yahweh in the way he's prescribed. The third commandment is watch how you speak about his name. 
Watch his reputation and how you live so that you don't discredit him, that you honor him. We looked at our words, our works, and now our worship. Again, verse 7, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. To misuse the name of God is to misrepresent him, to misuse his name. In Jeremiah 14, 15, Therefore, this is what the Lord says, I will punish these lying prophets, for they have spoken in my name even though I have never sent them. They say that no war or famine will come, but they themselves will die by war and famine. What's happened is the people of Jeremiah's day wanted to listen to prophets that made them feel good, not prophets that made them good. They wanted to feel good about their sin, and God was trying to wake them up and get them out of their sin, but they said, listen, we don't want to hear what Jeremiah has to say. It's too hard a message. And God said, I did not send those false prophets who were just making people comfortable in their sins. I wanted to wake them out of their sins so that judgment could be averted in their lives. As believers, we must be very careful that we don't buy into false prophets, false messengers. And we must be very careful how we speak prophetic words. Sometimes we say, thus saith the Lord, be very careful. There's a lot of humanity in what we do. Where? We have feet of clay. And many times there may be a word for God, but it might be 60% you and 40% the Lord in that message. And that's why the Bible says to discern, to judge the prophetic words. Someday God's going to say, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. We must be careful how we represent the Lord. In vain repetition, sometimes we just repeat God's name again and again. And I'm not talking about in a sweet and precious way like we did in our worship. Jesus, Jesus. But sometimes we don't pay attention to what we're doing. I heard about a preacher who was visiting the home of a uh, one of his parishioners. And there in that home, there was some young children. And the preacher began to pray with a bombastic voice. And every other word was God's name. And he was praying loud and long. And after he finished praying, little four-year-old says, Mommy, I don't like the way he prays. And so uh, she said, well, why? Well, he curses when he prays. That's the impression that that child had, and the preacher learned from that. We have to be real careful how we use God's name, not in a flippant way. How would you like if I went over to someone and said, Hey, John, hey, John, how are you doing, John? How are you doing? He said, Ooh, all right, you know, I know you know my name. But be careful in how we say even the name of God. The Jewish people were very careful in the Old Testament how they would use the name of God so careful that they lost the exact pronunciation of the name. Pray that we'll treat it with respect. Some treat it like a good luck charm. In Acts chapter 19, the seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest, tried one day to cast out an evil spirit. And they used the name of Jesus, but they didn't know Jesus. 
And the demon answered them, Jesus, I know. I know about Paul, but who are you? And the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all, and he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. His name is not a good luck charm. His name is not just something that rolls off your lips without a relationship with him. There must be a relationship with God. You must treat him with reverence. If you treat him with respect, then you could use his name. I think about the proper use of God's name. Again, in Matthew 6, 9. Matthew 6, 9. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I want to reverence that name. Gardner Taylor tells a story about when he was a young preacher. He went to visit an old preacher who was a very godly man. He had written numerous books on prayer, other books on biblical topics, And when he went to visit this old preacher, the old preacher asked him, tell me about your dreams. Tell me about your aspirations. What do you want to do? And so Gardner Taylor just began to tell him. And at the end of that time together, he said, son, would you mind if I prayed for you? And Gardner Taylor was excited. Here, this man of prayer was going to pray for him who wrote about prayer. And he was thinking, oh, if I could write down every word as he speaks. And so they bowed their heads. The man was silent for a long time. And so Gardner Taylor decided to peek. And he saw the old preacher with his heads lifted up and his hands raised and his eyes open. And then he heard him say, Oh, God. And when he said that, the presence of God filled that whole room. And he said, I knew that I was in the presence of a man of God. When we say, oh, God, if we're just saying it out of frustration or anger or a matter of surprise, don't expect it to bring down the presence of God when you're kneeling before him and you use his name. He honors those who honor him. And this third commandment tells us, don't misuse the name of the Lord. See, that name is so powerful. It opens doors. You know, you have a good name on a resume that opens doors. There's no better name than the name of Jesus. He opens doors that no man can shut, and he shuts doors that no man can open. I mean, that name is a name that heals our bodies. That name is a name that cleanses us from sin. That name is a name that delivered us from the powers of darkness. That name is above all names. That name has been chosen by God that every knee should bow in heaven and in earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Curios, to God the Father. That's the name that's above all names. In Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. If you want that name, and that name is precious to you, and you keep that third commandment, it will open the doors of heaven to you, and God's blessing will fill your life. The Ten Commandments are truly an epic part of the Bible. 
Hollywood has forever immortalized this section of the scripture in a movie starring Charlton Heston. While we know that we can't keep these commandments in order to gain entrance into heaven, what is our relationship to them? Pastor Ed will tackle this question and many others as he teaches through this 10-part series entitled The Ten Commandments. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845 845- 462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.